Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. How you doing? I'm all right. How you doing? I'm fucking tired, Chris. Really? Get the fuck out. Of you. Oh, I snap. I hate everything. Uh, yeah. About you. Oh. I can't think of another one. Well, it's yeah, I know. It's okay. I, uh, yeah, I thought once the show would be over... My life would kind of open up a little bit. Mm-hmm. How's that going for you? Um, it's it's not. It's opened up into a portal of hell. It's opened up my butt, and then just jammed something inside it. I guess I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. It's later than I we normally know. record, it's so Chris. Late right now, Andrew. And uh, it's so late. my brain doesn't understand what's happening. Yeah, I, I told you yeah. yesterday while I was supposed to be reading the reading assignment. Yeah, I was going to run on my treadmill while I did this, uh-huh. which is very safe. <laughs> I was like, you're going to read and run. Ah, the old read and run. <laughs> if it isn't safe, don't do it. Yeah, uh, I'm not a professional. Clearly. <laughs> of anything. No. Of both reading or running. <laughs> or writing. True. Any of the ruz. Nope. Um, or the arithmetic, either. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I plugged it in, and I went to turn it on, and it turned on for about half a second, and then it shut off, and I thought, well, that's not good. I hope it's not my treadmill. I hope my treadmill isn't broken. <laughs> like, I hope I'm not so fat that I killed my treadmill. <laughs> and good news. Yeah. I was right. Oh, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the treadmill. It wasn't the treadmill. What was it, Andrew? It was the fucking wiring in my house. <laughs> well, that's fine. Because that's such an easy fix. The treadmill, man. Put a fucking bullet in my head, for the love of Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I had to figure out. I played around with a bunch of stuff. I thought it might have been the outlet because the outlet's really old. But, uh, oh, I don't. Uh, maybe I did tell you. I don't remember if I told you this part. Uh, I was like, well, okay. So, you know, the only thing that was plugged into this was like a light for a plant and I used it for my treadmill. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I don't get to use my treadmill for the next few days. Right. I can wait until the weekend, right. you know, and then I'll tinker around and see what's up. And then about seven hours later, I went to get Rowan a snack and I opened up the fridge and the fridge was off. Oh, fun. Uh, not plugged into that outlet, mm-hmm. but uh, that outlet was dead too. Oh, and the circuit wasn't flipped. So it wasn't like a circuit breaker thing. Great. So I had to do some detective work. Eventually, what I discovered (laughs) is that your house hates you. Yeah. Well, no, I knew that a long time ago. Uh, My nickname for it is the gift that keeps on giving. But I found a a number of wonderful things. Would you like to hear some of them? I would love to hear all of them. The first thing I found that I thought, oh, this has got to be the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Is another outlet on that same line. In fact, the last outlet before they all started frying Uh had a bug's nest in it. (laughs) Sorry. Inside it. I don't think I'm supposed to laugh, but it's. It's. Yeah, no, it's hilarious if you don't live here. What kind of bug? Couldn't tell you. Saw the nest. Yeah. And uh, immediately, because I, I, you have to take the plate off. So I took yeah. the plate off yeah. and uh, I saw it. And then once I had stopped vomiting, I grabbed a screwdriver and I just scooped it out <laughs> into like, a just, bucket. Just stabbing away. Just, yeah, just kill it. Because ah. I was like, I got a can of Raid, but I was like, do I want to spray Raid into my <laughs> electrical <laughs> into my outlet? Electrical outlet. Seems like a bad idea, right? <laughs> yeah. So you took a metal rod and you started jamming it into I it. I turned it off first. I turned off the breaker. 
<laughs> what is that? Oh, that was a toaster. Our outlets work over <laughs> All right, great. Anyway, so I thought, surely, yeah, surely that's the issue. Yeah. Uh, I took a look at the outlet there and it looked perfect. Like after I got all the bug stuff off, there were no loose wires or anything, because that's what it probably was. It was probably a loose neutral. That's what I was looking for. And uh, and sure enough, that didn't fix the problem. Uh, I still had the issue. So I then had the bright idea. Why does nobody ever say that earnestly? Why is it whenever someone says <laughs> they have a bright idea, it's ironic. But anyway, I decided to check. There's this light socket that we never use because it's in our basement, which is five foot 11 inches tall. Like the ceiling yeah, is at five yeah, foot yeah. 11 inches. I'm five foot 10. Yep. So to put a light bulb in this socket would be a very bad yeah, idea. You would just be hitting it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and it's like right next to all the laundry stuff. So like right. I would break it every time. Every I went single down time. There. Yeah. But it occurred to me, maybe the issue's in there. Maybe the wiring goes up in there. So I pull that down. Uh huh. And what I find is a bug's net. No. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> waiting for that. <laughs> no. What I find is eight wires. That are attached to each other with tape. <laughs> Amazing. So Amazing. Uh, I took all the tape off uh-huh. and uh, burned the house down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the resale value is going to be going sky high now. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I grabbed yeah. these things called wire nuts. I grabbed my nuts. Yep. And I uh, twisted them around the wires yep. to wrap them tightly so that mm-hmm. the house wouldn't burn down. And I put everything oh, back and idea. that fixed the problem. And now... I have ice cream and it's not melted. Oh, well, that's always good. That's fantastic. Yeah. Don't you love when you're in like a house? No, no, I don't. You're like, I have no love in. I fucking don't. At all. In anything. There's no room in my heart. In a tent. No, they they made that fucking illegal. (laughs) What? You can't be. You can't live in a tent downtown. Which whose town? Your town? Yours? Everyone's? Yours? Mine? But it's illegal. Well, that doesn't stop people from doing it. No, but it's illegal. I mean, there's lots of stuff that's illegal. That people, you know, murder. What? I mean, running on a treadmill while reading. Reading. (laughs) (laughs) Or doing arithmetic. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek movie news, all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and have your house drag you slowly into a pit of hell. My name is Chris Trewell. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. I didn't mean to imply that it was illegal to do arithmetic while you were running. I just meant it was illegal to do arithmetic. You're telling me. Looking I just wanted at you. to make sure that was clear. Texas and Florida and I think Mississippi. I don't know. Let's chuck them in there. Why not? You yeah, all know. the places where, I don't know, butt sex is illegal or whatever. <laughs> Those backwoods states. <laughs> um, uh, oh, by the way, what I was going to say is when you told the thing about the wires being taped together, you, I love when you get, if you're in like a house or something or like, uh, like just a, a place and you discover something and you're like, hmm. There's a story behind this that the previous previous owner knows and that I will never know. I'll just never be priv- privy to why these are taped this way. 
because there's a reason that you did this, and I want to know, and also don't want to know. You yeah, know what I mean? We've got a lot of those. Yeah, we've yeah. got the murder room. Yes, uh, I've, we found a wax hand. I think I told you as well. We found a relief sculpture of the Last Supper inside a wall. Yes, that was brilliant. No. That was brilliant. Did you good find ones. a? You found a? Oh, you found a? Um, was it a cigarette? Carton? An old pack of cigarettes. Yeah, from like a hundred years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's oh, and good. a flashlight in the in the wall as well. Oh wow! Awesome. I don't know if I told you that one. I don't think so. But all I could think every time you tell me one of these is that your house is alive and haunted and is going to kill you. Yeah, I, I fucking fingers crossed, my guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Which is why I as it looks like I'm looking at you right now. Uh-huh. But if, oh, if you're on the Patreon, you can see what I'm talking about. There is a door just over Andrew's shoulder mm-hmm. that I am constantly looking through. Yeah, because I'm just trying to see if I can see a demon. Yeah. Door's going to open before the end of the episode. Mark my words. Is that closed? It is closed. Is it a black door that's closed or is it? Yes. Oh, it looks open because it's a black door. And I, I assumed I was looking into a doorway. Oh, no. In fact, the Bill of Rights is hanging on it. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's what's keeping the demons out. The only thing that scares demons is American politics. Rightfully so. <laughs> oh, should we kick this thing off? Oh, fucking let's do it, please. For the love okay. of Christ. Did you have something? To, did you want to start or do you want me to start? You know, I just wrote my jokes about seven minutes ago. And, so they're fresh uh, but I, and out, hot out of the they oven. They are. I got them. Chris! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Ahsoka is the latest Star Wars series on Disney+, Plus and it's giving us everything we didn't know we needed. Spaceship battles, lightsaber fights, an unhealthy attraction to women with shapely prehensile tentacles growing out of their heads. And sassy droids. Chris, what do you think about Ahsoka? I enjoy this show. I do. I enjoy this show a lot. There's some, there's, it's not perfect. There's not, there's some aspects of it that I'm like, "Eh." but for the most part, I'm, I'm really having fun with this. I honestly didn't have huge expectations for this. Um, I, I think we talked about last week. I've never seen Rebels or the Clone Wars and just on top of that, I was like, I don't know if it's between, again, between the book of Boba Fett and the last season of The Mandalorian, which I never finished, actually. But I was just like, do I want to keep going with it? It's kind of like Marvel, where yeah, I'm like, you're probably good, eh, I'm good you're probably for a while. Fine. I could, I could. Yeah, I'm overly saturated by this. Oh, so I was oh, like, well, I've been there. Yeah. I know that you have. <laughs> and I was like, do I really need more? That, like, make the, it doesn't feel like. Um, appointment television, I guess, to use an old term. But uh, I started watching this and I was like, okay, first episode was pretty good. And then the second, by the second episode, I was like, I'm kind of in this. I'm kind of in, I want to see where the storyline goes. Are you, by the way, as of our recording, episode five had just come out. I don't know if you got a chance to see all five episodes. I did. Okay, yeah. cool. So, so did I. I just want to see if we're Great. on yeah, yeah. the same page. Um, yeah, and then that by that last, by the end of episode five, I'm in. I'm like, oh, I want to see where this goes. Because I think it's, is it what, 10 episodes? Eight. Oh, okay. So we're like over halfway done now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because um, it feels to me a little bit like this could end in one more episode. Like, it feels like they've set up 
I don't know spoilers for the show yet, but it feels like after this episode, they've sort of set up. Okay, here we go. We're going to get the thing. That's the main point of the thing. And we're going to do the thing. And that's going to happen now. And then the credits roll. Yep. And so it feels a little bit like it could end after six. But according to the Googles, it's eight. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Especially if you want... If you're like, no, we're going to do this over multiple seasons. It's right. not going to be like an Obi-Wan where it's right, a one-off right, right. thing. So I could see them. Yeah, we're going to go to the thing or go get the thing. And then the last the next episode is like we hit the we arrive at the thing. And now what happens with that is what kicks us. Off. It's the cliffhanger into the second season. I could see how that ends. I want to tell you as well. And I brought this up last week, I think. Yeah. But I, I just want to bring it up again because it is so staggering to me. The budget of this is half the budget of Secret Invasion. It looks incredible. Isn't that wild? It is wild because I remember watching this and and I had heard from other sources that like, oh, yeah, no, it looks really good. Like the visually, it's it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started watching it and I was like, holy shit, you see every red scent on this television screen right yeah. now. Like this is it's wild. really, really good. And uh, listen, for how uninterested I was by that last season of the Mandalorian. It, you know that all the star Wars shows look really good. Yeah. We haven't gotten one that like looks bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, none of them look bad. They all look as good as they need to. Cause I was going to say, you know, even something like Andor, which right. frankly is one of the best star Wars stories we've gotten in a very, very long I time. I have to get back into that. Oh, yeah. you didn't finish it. It's excellent. I didn't finish it. I only got like two, three episodes in and then, Oh I, man. And then I went, I want to wait till this all comes out. Cause I want to just go through it. And now's the time when I need to do it. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. I don't think Ahsoka is as good as Andor. Uh, it's it's such a good story, but it doesn't need much. It no. feels a little bit like it was made by like an amateur filmmaker because yeah. it's so story focused and character focused. You're talking about Andor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas this feels like a great combination of both. Yeah, this feels like Star Wars to me. You know what I mean? Like this, the look of it, it it's a healthy combination between... The feel of like, I would I would say like the feel of the prequels almost. And I don't say that as a knock. I say that as like, like the prequels, because they were supposed to take place before the uni- the galaxy went to shit for all its problems. Like everything was shiny and big and, you know, uh, large and, and spacious and everything. And this has that like it has that old feeling of like. If not original Star Wars, then at least the prequels of like these big giant sets. There's the one kingdom. I'm not I'm going to try and not do any spoilers or anything, but there's that one like kingdom in the first like two episodes and everything. And you see like the one throne room and it's like massive. And you're like, that feels like a Star Wars, not a television show. That feels like a movie set right there. And so you see like every red scent on this and the ships. I mean, there's some, the ships in this are awesome. Actually, there's some cool looking ships in here, but it also feels there are times when it feels like old school Star Wars. You know, yeah. there's um, without giving any plot points away, but there's a there's a dogfight, which we've seen in Star Wars before. But it, it's also like the style, the ships, they're clearly supposed to be like old modeled after like World War Two planes and everything. It feels like a like an actual like 30s, 40s dogfight with the style of the ships and everything. Like, it's really good. Uh, the, the action in it, it, it's really good. And I think you're sort of getting into 
I think we're sort of saying the same thing, like uh, exactly the same thing, which is that, um, you know, the the prequels, love them or hate them, they were a spectacle. They were beautiful. A lot of attention and detail was put into the choreography, the CGI, the set pieces, the hair, the makeup. It was you. It was it's very clear that George Lucas wanted you to look at something. He was trying to do what James Cameron eventually would sort of hone and perfect, which is that you look at something and go, Jesus, how did they do that? That's so amazing. He didn't quite make it, in my opinion. He didn't quite get there. But that's what the prequels were. And they had an okay story as well, for the most part. Whereas the original Star Wars was, yeah, it was built for like a million bucks or whatever, which sounds like a lot, but it isn't. And uh, even back then it wasn't right. And exploded because of how good the storytelling was and how interesting the characters were. And this is just a combination of those two things. Yeah, I, I if nothing else there. Are mo- and I will say one of the knocks is like there are times when I feel it's a little slow. Uh, and mostly I think there's there's some dialogue problems to it. And by that, I mean, the dialogue's not great, <laughs> but there, there are points that it, that it's good. And I think in the later in the later episodes, it starts to pick up. But even when that happens, I was like, well, this is damn pretty to look at. If nothing else, it, like this will hold my attention because I'm like, this is nice to look at. It's really well done. There are actions. There's not a lot of action in this. But when there are, it's good. It's, I think every it's, episode has a pretty big. It does. Yeah. yeah, it has like at least one, and that's what I mean. There's not. It's not like a ton, but there's at least one or one to two like really good action sequences. I think what it. you're sort of talking about as well with the where you feel like it sort of drags or whatever. I think Dave Filoni is really good. I think he's sort of got his own. We always talk about how the Marvel movies have a formula. Yeah. And I think Dave Filoni has his formula as well. Mm -hmm. And it involves the use of dynamics, which is he knows how to get you interested. But in order to get you interested, he wants to start you from a place of disinterest Mm -hmm. and then lighten it up. Uh, And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I do start to feel that would be sort of the way I would put my my biggest con with this is every episode does kind of go through the same beats. Yeah, I see what you're saying for sure. And I think for me, when I was thinking, when I was watching the dialogue, the thing I could come back to is, honestly, I said, when the droid has the best dialogue, when the, <laughs> you, you should probably do a rewrite. Like, yeah. uh, like consistently, yeah. David Tennant's robot character has the best quips and the best dialogue. And I was like, eh, I'm not that the droid can't be a, the witty one. But like he's the his character consistently has like the best dialogue of all of the characters. And I was like, you can liven this up a little bit. Look, it's a hard thing to balance as well, because the Jedi are not known for being interesting and cool, really. Correct. Right. But there are other characters. There are. Like, but the show is called Ahsoka. Yes, it is. She's most of it. Yes, it is. But I would say like a Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character. I agree. She but is, she is also bound because that's a character we have seen already. She's one of the main characters in Rebels. Yes, she is. I know that she is. And I was going to say that, granted, I have not seen Clone Wars or Rebels. And by the way, as someone who's not seen like a single hot second of that, no problem watching this show. Yeah. Because they, they set it up. It's what, And listen, first of all, if you are like, well, I can't get into this because I haven't seen the other stuff. Uh, and I'd feel like I'm coming in the middle of something. 
newsflash, that's what Star Wars is. They started on episode four. So yeah, they sure did. That's exactly what Star Wars is meant to be. But also, frankly, do what I am doing. Like, this is very interesting. And I, I'm really glad I, I kind of poo pooed it before. But I'm really glad that you came to this without watching any of that. Right. About, because I watched the first two episodes, which were released at the same time. Right. Uh, on the first day. And I said... Well, I, I kind of want to know who these people are. They're introducing all these characters and right. I, I, they're sort of acting like I should know who they are. Yeah. The music and the beats and everything feel like I should be feeling something for these characters that I know nothing about. Right. So I just started watching Rebels and got like 15 episodes in before the next episode aired. And then I was like, oh, I know all these people now. This is great. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's definitely good enough that you could it could get you interested in going back and watching. But those. my point yeah. is, there's nothing stopping you from watching some no. of this show first and then watching Ahsoka. It's all still there. If you have Disney Plus, just put it's it on. It's all there anyway. Yeah. yeah if yeah, you yeah. want to. But yeah. like you're saying, you might not need to. It's really simple. But that's the thing. It's like if you're like, I don't have time to get into another two full series for the yeah. seven seasons it was on or whatever it is. I That's totally fine. Really, again, all because all it comes down to, they never hang... They never hang a, a plot point on something you had to know from the other two shows. Right. Because really you enter in. First of all, it is far enough away from the end of which one came last. Rebels was the last one, right? Yep. Yeah. It goes Clone Wars is between episode two and three. Rebels is between three and four. Is that right? I think it's 10 years after three. I Wikipedia it for a hot that second. That can't be right. The ages wouldn't Is it, am I, I could be work wrong. out. Uh, let me see. Here, let me do, 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 ba, ba, ba. 14. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're right. 14 years after the fall of both the Galactic Republic and the Jedi Order. Oh. Oh, no. So that wait. Yeah, no, that would that would be between three and four. It sounds like it's right before four. Right. And then trilogy. And then this is, I think, five to ten years. Hold I think on. it's right Let's after see. six, right? Uh, following the fall of the Empire. Yeah, maybe it is right after six. But that would take us like a few years ahead as well from yeah. when we last saw these characters on screen, basically. So you can enter into this fresh because a ton of time has passed. Those were some tumultuous years. They've ch- people changed drastically so it's like watching brand new characters anyway and really it comes down to like like you said there were times when they would hold on a certain character and you're like i think i should be feeling something for this character and i was like i don't feel anything for that but i understand i feel for the character the other character that's looking at this character sure yeah because i go this person has a relationship with them and they're not there and whatever so i'm like i get how this works yeah i didn't because i have attachment issues let me tell you about (laughs) my another con that I think is a pretty big one for me, and I don't think it will be for anyone else. Okay. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is one of the greatest actors alive right now, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't do much. Yes. (laughs) She's there. Yep. She's in it a lot. Yes. And, like, I get, like, Rosaria Dawson is one of those as well. I think she's a fantastic actress. Yes. Who, when utilized correctly, can do amazing things. She's playing a Jedi. Yeah. Their whole thing is kind of like not letting emotions. They're kind of stoic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I get it. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, give her some stuff. This is what I'm saying. Like, the, uh, she could be your Han Solo, essentially. Oh, my God. She'd be so good at and that. that. But that's what I'm saying. And I know that. You know she's married to Ewan McGregor. 
Oh, that's right. She is. I didn't know that. I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But she. This whole fucking family is in Star Wars. Now. Sorry, continue. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's fucking nepotism. Is His what uncle it is. was in the trench. Oh, was you he? You know about that? Yeah. It's like Dax, or he was one of those guys, one of Luke Skywalker's friends. His grandfather is George Lucas. Did that's you know right. that? That's yeah. fucking crazy. You and Lucas McGregor. I know. His dad is Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I, I th- and this is kind of tying into what I was saying before, is that I, I know that these characters existed in other shows, and so you are using them as a template. However, there's two things that I would counter that with. One, like I just said, these are a few years after the last time we saw them, and a lot's happened in those few years. Like a literal empire has fallen through war and death in order to get there. For sure. So these people would change from that. So there's, you know, you could give them slight personality tweaks and make them pop on camera a little more. And secondly, you are taking characters that were on a, a, a essentially a two dimensional throne show and making them into a three dimensional show. So like from from animation to live action. And so you have the ability to do th- to give them a little more vibrancy that you couldn't do with animation, especially back when that show was being done because you have a live actor there. So let him breathe a little bit and you essentially create like not a better version of the character, but a more nuanced version of that character that still can hold true to what you saw in the animated version, but is more and, and is a little more in depth and kind of like your idealized version of that. You does that, you know what I'm saying? Kind of I makes do. sense. Yeah. And so I'm like, give her a little more pop. Even Rosario Dawson, and I know that she's a Jedi and they're a little more stoic and everything. But also, if you look at the character, she's a Jedi, but she was trained by Anakin, but she also walked away from Anakin. Yeah, so she, she wasn't never finished fully her training. Tra- yeah. And so there's a rebelliousness to her that maybe she isn't so stoic. Yeah. Because she is a rebel in that way. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't have to take this, be the full Jedi, you know? Because I think you're right. I think you're you're not utilizing this performer. And a lot of their stuff, the dialogue comes flat, but also, like, I'm remembering the first, the first time we see Ahsoka on screen. She's in, basically, like, a Raiders of the Lost Ark situation. That's how I'll put that. And then she's running, oh my gosh, it is like Raiders of the Lost Ark. She's running towards a ship. As things are like exploding behind her, right? And she's talking to her droid and she is fully calm when she is talking to that droid. And I was like, give her a little oomph. You know what I mean? Just give it, give the dialogue a little oomph to it and a little urgency just to give it some color. Just to, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just hard when your whole thing is that you have a nonverbal communication with the world around you to understand yes. where everything is and what's happening in any given moment. Yeah. She wouldn't be afraid or there wouldn't be an urgency. She would know that everything is about to work out because if it wasn't, the universe would be telling her. Right. But I'm not even saying like not knowing if this was going to work out. It was more because she gets on the ship and then she says, like, where were you? You should have stayed close. And he's like, Jedi protocol. Say. And she's like, I know what the protocols are. So it's the idea of like, you weren't where you're supposed to be right now. Yeah. Get the ship. here. You know what I mean? Just give it a I little know. something. Just make it. There, pop. there is, you know, there are um, I believe they're called gray Jedi. There is a whole sort of mythos behind these Jedi who believe there is a middle path between 
like yeah. the Sith and the the Jedi Order or whatever. And, yeah. Um, Cal Kestis in the games. They can crack a joke is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. They can crack well, a joke and have a beer. You know, the the idea that like what the Phantom Menace could have been about. Right. Is about it could have been about how the tight restrictions of the Jedi Order are what caused a person who could have been the chosen one, the prophet that was foreseen thousands of years ago to turn to the dark side because he wasn't allowed to fall in love and you can't stop that. Right. Yeah. Well, I can, but instead it was about, I don't know, many chlorians or some more shit, but yeah, germs in your bloodstream. Um, so Cal Kestis, and don't forget trade expo, trade <laughs> expos and tariffs. Okay. Yeah. How could I? So, and Senate meetings, it doesn't matter anyway. They sold toys to children, Chris. <laughs> but they, you know, there's this character, Cal Kestis, in the video games in uh, yeah. uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I think is what it's called. And yep. There's a new one coming out. And his whole thing is sort of just trying to figure out with no real guidance what it means to be a person who uses the force when there are no Jedi. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a guy who had the force as a kid. Order 66 happened. And now he's just trying to, like, figure this figure out, it out. Yeah. Uh, without anybody being able to tell him about it. Yeah. And so he is sort of walking this middle path as well. Right. Unfortunately, Ahsoka isn't really in that kind of position. I, I hear what yeah. you're saying. Like these guys are like the, they're like the cool uncle of Jedi's. You know, they're sitting on the couch and they're cracking the beer open on the lightsaber. Yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying, though, that it might be worth breaking the rules a little bit yeah. for the sake of storytelling. Yeah. And, you know, you want to make something good. You've kind of shot yourself in the foot right away if your main character doesn't emote. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's the other thing. Uh, I hear what you're saying about, like, breaking the rules and everything. However, this is all fake. You can there. Yeah. You you break. The, you know what I mean? Like if people are like, that's how many breaking. times have we broken a rule in a Star Wars thing? Well, but that's the thing is that if people no, I'm are saying like, it's well, many times. Yes, like, it's, exactly. Yeah. Because it's all being made up. And really, Dave Filoni is the one like in charge of Star Wars over at Disney right now. So when people are like, you're breaking the rules, he's like, I am the rules. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I, if I well, yeah, and this, there's that old joke as well that like people would ask George Lucas at conventions like um, in episode four, it said that the rule was this. This thing, but then in episode six, you said the opposite. What is? And he would just answer, "Well, it's because of the force." Yeah, there you go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, fucking the force yeah, did it. I got it. It's fine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just you know, give it a little pop. Or even like again, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character. She has a great thing where she she's flying the ship and she you know they're trying to. She's talking with the droid with Chopper. Who's a great character. I love Chopper. I love Chopper, too. But their dynamic together could be popping. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. they're flying around, and she's like, where's the tracker? And he's like, burr, 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 burr. and she's like, is it under the spare? And he's like, and she's going like, no, I didn't move your stuff. That has no, like. Yeah, it has the potential to be, like, the one of the first scenes with BB-8 in The Force Awakens. Yes. Where, remember, BB-8 flips Finn the bird? Like, yeah. <laughs> like fun yeah, yeah, moment. Yeah. 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 Or even any of the dialogue between like Chewie and Han. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, they're just back and forth. And you get this feeling that they're the, that they're a good team because they're ragtag together. Right. And it's, you know, there's a lot of cool. Di- I was literally sitting on my couch, like spitting out rewrites because <laughs> I was like, oh, here's a quip you could give him. Give him this thing. I think part of the problem, too, is a lack of trust in your audience with that sort of thing, yeah. because I know exactly what scene you're talking about. And they did this thing. 
that I think happens when you don't trust your audience. Right. Where, you know, it's like, where's the tracker? And Chopper goes, beep, beep, bloop, bloop. And she's like, what do you mean you put it over on the don't just just you wouldn't say that to the person. You'd be like, what? Why is it there? You know, you'd be like, what What happened? What 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 were you thinking? And then you go and you find it and your audience picks up on the fact that he put it there or whatever. Right. You don't have yeah. to repeat back what the character is saying to you so that we understand. We will figure it out. Yep. We got it. And really, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's more about the relationship between those two and getting that feeling than it is understanding what they're saying. Like yeah. if they're talking in a very short second hand, then I go, Oh, these are two characters that have been together for a while yeah. and they have a second hand together. And that's a lot of fun. Well, and you can even shorten that whole scene by having her ask the question. Chopper responds and she just turns and gives him a look of like absolute incredulity. And then it cuts to where he put the thing or whatever. And she's like on her back trying right. to fit yeah. in you yeah, know, or whatever. Exactly. She's just like, oh, come on. And right. then just go on. With exactly. Because, you know? yeah, she's an amazing. She's one of the best. She's actors. fantastic. And you get and she's like the, everybody is is this close to like. It popping like get, just getting yeah. over that hump. And I'm like, just give him a little I don't. And some of it's not even necessarily the dialogue. It's just I don't know if it's the the direction they've given them for their characters of like, keep it toned down or something. Yeah, I don't know. But it just feels a little like it's very across the line. Do you think it's that they're all kind of new to Star Wars and Star Wars has always been there's always been like. There's, here's what I'll call it. I was going to call it a little bit of bad acting, but what I'll call it instead is cheese. There's always been a little cheese to the characters. Yeah. Like a little tongue in cheek. Do you think that they're playing it too straight, too dramatic? I think they're playing too straight, too dramatic because I think sometimes you get on Star Wars and you see the word Star Wars and it comes with such a baggage to it that you go, oh, I have to play this idea of. Right. Especially with like something like Ahsoka, where it's like, oh, she's a Jedi. Well, the Jedi, like you said, the Jedi are this. I've seen one and two and three and Obi-Wan and they're all stoic and very wise and like, you know, and Yoda. Yeah. And so I should be that, too, instead of going like, you know what, can I make their do this thing instead and just... Get rid of whatever the baggage is that that comes with being in a Star Wars thing and just let it be itself. And I think that sometimes happens where people go, oh, I'm in Star Wars. I have to give it gravitas. I know what Star Wars is. Yeah. Star Wars is this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think for me, honestly, like that's the only thing. That's like my that my only con. Like most of this show is fantastic. And there's so and there's other stuff like just specifically, you know, <laughs> episode four has the coolest Rock'em Sock'em robots scene I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. So great. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. There's a lightsaber fight on the on the wing of a plane in space. Oh my God. And I'm like, there you go. Yeah. Haven't seen that. I went from like a, a very mundane dialogue scene to that. And I was yeah. like, well, I haven't seen that. So you win. And that's what I mean by Dave Filoni's formula, right? Yeah. It's like you go from the the very slow dragging talking scene and then boom <laughs> yeah and then she's like hey i'm gonna go slice some planes in space right now by the way we we're talking about mary elizabeth winstead's character her character for being one of my favorite characters on the show is easily the worst mother in the galaxy she's horrible <laughs> yeah, what in too. the hell she puts a lot doing? of trust in a chopper man she really does because she well i was like 
the kid's like, I want to, I want to go with you. And she's like, well, it could get dangerous. And she's, he's like, I know. And she's like, all right, I guess. To get be on. fair, get seems on. like he's a Jedi. Sure. But still, he's probably the strongest person in this show. Maybe. And that's fine. But also as a mom, I, I'd be like, no. Yeah. You probably it. don't want to roll the dice on that. No, no. I, she's like, I don't know where we're going and I don't know what we're going to see. And he's like, mom, can I come? And she's like, well, let's take your son to work day now. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? It, it could have been the force. And sure. I mean that only slightly and yeah, incredulously just, yeah. because mm-hmm. because he was needed this is a small spoiler for yeah. anyone listening for episode five. So skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it. He was needed to find Ahsoka uh, in the water. Great. So maybe the force knew that that, he that needed, would happen. So they made Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character be a bad mom. For yeah. That. Good. <laughs> it worked with Anakin. That's true. Oh, look how well he turned out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. I'm Jesus. just saying the force evidently made all that happen. So. Yeah. What are you By the way, do? can I just point out one? This is going to be a spoiler, but one spoily cast thing. Young Ahsoka. Do you know who that is? Yes. It's young Gamora. And? Also someone recent in something we saw. In Barbie. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was the daughter in Barbie. That's right. Um, yes. It is. Uh, but I, I was like, who is that person? She's really good. In yeah. that episode as well. I think she's, um, yeah, wait, I think she does on. everything she's supposed to. What is her damn name? It's hard for me to say. That's an, that's something we haven't checked on. I haven't touched on while you're looking that up. The acting in this, it's hard to talk about. Nobody does any acting. Yes. Am I wrong? Ariana Greenblatt, by the way. Ariana Grande, that's right. Yes. Am I wrong, though? Then nobody does any acting in this? It's kind of just saying the lines and not bumping into the furniture, right? Right, but that's what I'm saying. I know. This is, yeah, this is the thing. This is my main thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's none, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Not Ray Winstone. Ray... Stevenson. Stevenson. Thank you. Um, I was like, R.I.P. British, I was like British guy who plays bad people. Is he British? I don't think I knew that. He might be. No, maybe he wasn't. But mm. he sounds British in this. Mm-hmm. Ray Stevenson. He's the only one who kind of gets away with it. He but, seems like there's something going on underneath. Yes. But also his character does feel like a full Jedi who would have that. Right that thing to it but he also brings with that kind of just stoic yeah delivery like you said a sense of gravitas and something going on underneath right. it that he's slow to speak because he's dumb no because <laughs> he's uh he's slow to speak because he's there's something behind the eyes he's contemplating and ingesting yeah. i and think that's what all of these characters are missing and all of these actors frankly i think they need something under the lid uh, that's almost ready to boil over. Yeah. And because that's always been the Jedi thing, right? It's like, no, no, you're like, that's always been one of the biggest critiques right. of the Jedi from people in the real world when they review these movies is like, is the moral of the story that the heroes just push their feelings down? Right. You know, like we need to see that, like, there's a struggle happening internally with all of these right. people. But also, th- I think... I think what happens, though, is you're getting away. That has now become the idea of like what a Jedi is supposed to be. And that is actually just slowly over the years been one degree off and then one degree off and then one degree off of what actually is supposed to be a, a Jedi character, which is it's not. This, I mean, I know they talk about how, you know, you want to not have get emotional, but it's because 
they're supposed to be wise and almost all knowing to and one with the universe. And so the reason that they're supposed to seem stoic, like, for instance, to go back to the original Jedi, like Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan, he's stoic because he's wise and he takes in his surroundings. And he takes in the situation and he's thinking through things. Yeah. And he's using all of his wisdom and knowledge from years of experience in every single moment. There's yes, he's thinking 10 steps ahead when he's right. talking in this moment. And so slowly what happened from, I think, the prequels on is that like you and McGregor and Liam Neeson were just like, oh, we're just stoic non and this might be this might have been from George Lucas's direction I don't know but we're just stoic right, yeah. you're talking about wait when you say those actors names you mean Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Vodka yes Jin sorry you just wanted to say that wonderful joke I sure did is that they're like oh we're stoic and non-feeling and so that creates a sense of like just kind of a linear emotion right mm. and that's not what that is race right I almost said no, Ray Stevenson. I almost said it correctly and then went to correct myself with the wrong Sure name. did. Ray Stevenson is doing what Alec Guinness was doing, which is he is clearly taking in everything. He has a lot of wisdom and history to him, to his character, and is bringing it every single line delivery that he has. Mm-hmm. Right. Ahsoka is just like, oh, I'm supposed to be tampered down with my feelings. Yeah. And take everything at an even keel. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is why you can give her some more pop and some more yeah. liveliness, because, again, she walked away from that training. She doesn't have that. So she wouldn't have gotten that that sense yet, even through her experience on her own to kind of think 10 steps ahead in this moment. Maybe she's three steps ahead, four steps ahead in this moment, you know, and so you could give her a little more life. But yeah. I th- I think that's where that's coming from. Overall, though, it's a good show. Yeah, you should watch great. it if you are listening yeah. and haven't yet. You should see it. It's very good. I th- yes, I think that's re- yeah, it is really good. I'm excited to see how it ends. Two episodes left as of when this airs. No wait, uh, give it a chance because this is going to air on Tuesday. They come out on Thursday, Wednesday. They come out on Wednesday, so six will come out. They come in on Tuesday. They come in on Tuesday. They do come in on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. I bad. watch them on oh, Tuesdays. No. That's why you and I have started recording on Wednesdays. Right. They come in 9 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah, so yeah, in my yeah. mind, I'm like, I'm an adult. Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, no, nah, I'm not catching that. So it's yeah, on a so Wednesday. T- today, there will be yes. uh, a sixth episode. If you're watching, and if you're, excuse me, left. if you're listening to this, as soon as it comes onto your feed. Three episodes left. It's, yeah, there's three episodes left. Yeah. And then, yeah. Or there's no episodes left because you didn't listen to this right away and you just get around to it now. You know what's the greatest thing about this podcast that I think everyone loves about it tremendously? What's that? Is that uh, we argue semantics. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This podcast would be 15 minutes long if we stopped doing that. (laughs) You're not wrong. Yeah, overall, I I really do. I know we harped on like one note, the uh, one like overarching thing that we don't like. But for the most part, that's it. Like it is really good and it's really interesting. It's good star wars which is nice to have like it's really good star wars and i'm really interested to see and there's stuff i've never seen before and if you like rebels and the clone wars they do bring in a lot of stuff from those shows and give it a lot of texture yeah there's a set of creatures that i'm like i'm sure you know in 2d animation those are fine yeah but 
these things are fucking majestic when you see them. Uh, I'll say in real life, which is not true because they're all CGI. But you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying. In quotes. Yeah. Overall. Give it a watch. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go into the reading assignment? I sure do. Oh, Chris. Okay. Sorry, I was drinking water. Yes. I know. Chris. Yes. Most of the world will agree that the worst man who ever lived changed the course of history during World War II. He was a terrible person who believed certain people were property and the world is a better place without him in it. That man is Cliff Secord, and today we're going to discuss a comic about his life called the, the I almost said the Musketeer, the Rocketeer, the Complete Adventures. You're killing this, buddy. You got this. We're almost done. It's all right. We're almost done. He's just you literally the worst person. Aww. He's, what a fucking dickhead. He is a little bit of a He's dick. terrible. Uh, he's horrible. He said he should smack the girl that he's trying to convince to date him. Like, he told her that to her face. He was like, I should smack you around or whatever. Yeah, but in, in its defense, it was the 30s, so, you That know, is not a defense. That makes it all okay, everyone. It does not. Yep. Everything from 1946 on, no go, but everything before, have at it. All right? You think that's because of Hitler? Do you think that's the one yes. good thing Hitler did? Yeah, that's how he changed the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the book's official description describes Secord as, quote, a down-on-his-luck pilot, but I call him the personification of karma and proof that God doesn't exist. I don't know why I'm ragging on this guy so much. (laughs) Yeah, really. My biggest critique about this book is that it isn't the complete adventures at all. It's like two adventures. Yeah, it is two adventures. (laughs) Although, uh, yeah, I was going to say, and then he died, but I always forget. He did not die. He died much, much later. He died in 2008. Dave Stevens, the guy who created this, is who I'm talking about. Well, I'm glad you loved this so much. (laughs) I thought it was fine. Okay. I thought it was absolutely fine. Okay. And not in a... It's interesting, because we always talk about how... Like, I always talk on the show... Do you ever? About how the only thing worse than a bad film Uh is a mediocre film. Yes. And this is not mediocre. Right. It's a big swing. Like, mm-hmm. we would rather somebody take a big swing and fail yeah. than take a little swing and succeed. Yeah. And this is a big swing, but I don't think it knocks it out of the park for me. Fair. It's a hard swing, but I think it just, like, sends the ball down the middle. Uh, and it's a good hit. Yeah. It's fine. But it's not... It's it. A lot of it is it's extremely old timey. Yes. To the point where sometimes I have difficulty figuring out what the fuck they're talking about. That's fair. There's a lot of like there's chauvinism. There's one character of color and it's a servant. It's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She has like one line, you know, I took me a hot second to remember who you were talking about. Yeah. And it also is it's full of cliches. You know, the the sexy debutante who is a damsel in distress and. Yes, it's uh, it's if you are nostalgic for that kind of thing. Yeah. Have at it, Haas, all day long. I think you'll love it. I think you'll you know, it'll really click with you and you'll read it and go, oh, man, this like this. It's a little Indiana Jonesy, but more of that. Like way more Indiana Jonesy than Indiana Jones ever was. Yes. Yes. And it's fun. It's got some swashbuckling. Mm-hmm. It's got some some flying around, blowing stuff up. Uh, he's definitely a, a an unlikely hero who maybe means well, 
but also kind of doesn't. I think he does. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think, and this is not me trying to put to put words in your mouth because if I do, you'll fucking know, Andrew. But I I will often say when we're reviewing something where. It'll be like I, I, I've often said about reviewing certain things, you know, I didn't like this, but if you do, I don't fault you for that. And it sounds like that's kind of where you're at with this, because it it is very old timey and it is very nostalgic and it hits all the po- and I think it's one of those things like like you said, if you like that then you will really like this because it's well, I think this is well done in that regard. I think Dave Stevens really knew and really you could feel he has a love and appreciation for that type of adventure and that time. You know, it does feel like one of those old radio plays that you would hear, you know, or a show that you hear on the radio, the for adventures sure. of the Rocketeer yeah. and the dialogue is like that and the characters are like that too and so it's one of those things where it's like like you're right this is a big swing and if you like that it will hit it out of the park and if you don't then it's probably not going to be for you yeah i don't think this is uh, you know I, I don't think in any regard you would say that this is bad it's just not your thing right yeah that's you know a great I mean? point yes and that's totally fine i think there's a couple things and this is not me trying to bring you back over to, to my side of liking this but a couple of things that I, I think are worth mentioning to kind of maybe appreciate it more. First of all, it, this was made in like the late 80s, right? And it was made... This comic was not, though. What do you mean? This comic was written in 2015. No, the collection was put together in 2015. All right. The, the Dave Stevens made this in like 1982. I want to I I double check that. I think it was, I think it was recolored... And I think it was recolored for the edition. We okay, had. I want to look that up because in 1982, there was a no, that's what I texted you about it. I asked right, you with the Rocketeer Adventures, but I think this is that collection. It's a little confusing, and I'm always a little confused on. But the the ones that we read are by it, it is credited by Dave Stevens because there's one. Oh yeah, there it is. Uh, Pacific Presence issue one through four yes, is the I, one from 1982. Yes. And then they were, hold on. Rocket. Cause I just looked this up the other day too. Oh, in 2008, Steven struck a deal with IDW to produce a collected edition of the, of his Rocketeer work. Uh, intended to be published in October, 2009. Dave Stevens, the Rocketeer, the complete adventures, which is the one we read contained new coloring by Laura Martin. Who had been chosen by Dave Stevens prior to his death. So I think this is the collection of those four plus others. The ones that were by Dave Stevens himself. Right? Right. Which is the ones from the 80s. See, yeah. Because even... So I'm looking right now at the first Rocketeer comic. Okay. Which was called at the time Pacific Presents. Yes. And the very first thing in this is like the 10th page of what you assigned for Right, me. because, hold on, the Rocketeer's first adventure appeared in 1982 as a backup feature in issues number two and three of Stars of Star Slayer. And then they took, and then he, it continued on in his own comic. So I think the collected edition that we read takes the backup issues 
And do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a little weird. It's a little confusing. Even when I'm trying to find like Rocketeer comics, I'm like, what the fuck am I looking for right here? But what I'm saying is the character itself was created in 1982. And what Dave Stevens wrote started in 1982. And his art, the art that you see in that book is by him. Now, imagine that art in 1982. He is very fluid. He's like... Betty is obviously modeled after Betty Page, which, oh, by the way, was so accurate that she, he actually ended up become becoming friends with Betty Page. <laughs> yeah, because uh, apparently he, she lived like down the street from him and he had no idea. And uh, but uh, but like uh, they ended up becoming friends. But like his it's very dynamic for something from like 1982, I think, it's, it, if you compare it to other comics around that time. Also, just the idea of like. Like you said, this was published by Pacific. This is one of the first independent characters to kind of break through that wasn't part of Marvel or DC. Like that's that's kind of a, an amazing thing. I mean, 91 then is when the movie comes out. But the idea that this was a character that wasn't published by Marvel or DC that Disney went, oh, let's make a movie out of this. That's that's to me is kind of incredible. And like I said, that's not to try and go like, well, no, appreciate this more or like it more. But there is something to that, that like in the time that it was made, that's kind of the arts yeah. really kind of incredible. No, that, that helps a lot because it uh, it helps me understand why it's not very good. <laughs> son of a bitch. Because as comics get older, they don't always age well. They're just not as good. I, in my opinion. Yes. And I think you and I, I don't think you you believe this as a hard and fast rule as much as I do, but almost every fucking time, the older a comic I pick up is, the worse it is. Well, Uh, And for me, right? Like, I cannot fucking stand Alan Moore. That's probably my hottest take. The more that I read of him, and the more that I sit on the comics that I have read uh, that he has written, the more that I'm like... No, I just don't like this very much. And uh, I think a big part of it is the art. A big part of it is the way that stuff is written. Mm -hmm. And I think we just evolve over time. And for better or worse, comics have become more palatable yes, to people. Yes, for sure. I think with the one interesting thing about this is because of the style it's written in, it is... Like, I hear what you're saying. And a lot of times the older comics, they don't read well because the dialogue, you know, story, the the way that we tell stories has changed a little bit. The dialogue has definitely gotten much, much better. But the dialogue in this reads the way that a like a pulp comic or a radio play would read. And even though it was made in 1982, it reads like something written in the 30s. So it kind of becomes this weird not, I don't want to say evergreen, but almost because it, it almost like time proof thing, because it's like, well, the dialogue is bad. And you're and you're like, well, yeah, but it was also supposed to sound that way because it's supposed to sound like it's in the 1930s. Now, again, if that's not going to bring you over to like liking it more. But I think that's something interesting. Like he got that really right. And that's what I mean. Like, if you're not into this, that's totally fine i understand but like if you are into this you're gonna love it because he really understands and appreciates this style and what this is the design of the character i still think is beautiful i think the design of the rocketeer is fantastic did you notice that there is a uh, a moment where he is sitting at a table near the very beginning and the table is in the shape of the rocketeer helmet no i didn't let me find it right now and i'll put it up on the on the patreon okay Here's the other thing. Uh, the other thing I'll I'll say about this, 
because you brought up Indiana Jones. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this. Well, I don't know why this has kind of been like in my zeitgeist lately. It just is. But one of the things that I was thinking about this recently, because there's always talk of like remaking it. The first movie came out and it didn't do that great, although I remember loving it and I've rewatched it like recently. Yeah, I mean, that sort of thing happens, though, right? Like Scott Pilgrim made no money. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia was a huge failure. Right. But it, it, it holds up. It's pretty it's pretty good. But there was always talk of like remaking this. And this is my thought. This should be a remake with Chris Treble. Yes, this should be Disney's new Indiana Jones. Oh, and by this, because the character fits this really well. And by that, you mean get Harrison Ford to do this. Yes, <laughs> by that. And, and by that, I mean this. We talked uh, when Dial of Destiny came out and it, it wasn't doing well. We I, I talked about how like one of the problems and one of the reasons it doesn't do well is that you had a franchise and you did absolutely fucking nothing with it. Like for generations, like didn't books, comics, video get nothing. And then this new movie comes out and it flops because every because young people are like, I don't know who the fuck this is and has no nostalgia for it. This is a character that is in the style, in the vein of Indiana Jones, of those old movie serials that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg used to love as kids. This is that same style. You can make movies like an Indiana Jones movie with the Rocketeer. You could do three. You could do eight. You had have endless adventures with this guy. You could right? have the complete adventures. You could have the complete adventures. There you go. But it fit like you can have the origin story in Los Angeles. The uh, latter half of this is a story where he goes to New York. That could be really fun. He goes to Germany to help fight the Nazis. It's Nazi fighting. It's World War, World War Two. It's swashbuckling. It's adventure. It's simple fun, right? Start your new Indiana Jones-like franchise here. And now you can do it right and have movies and comics and video games and TV. You know what I mean? Everything. And you will have a an Indiana Jones-like blockbuster franchise. Holy fuck, I just saw that picture. I never even noticed that. God damn, that's pretty good. That's great, right? That is really good. That's really that's good. The ma- that's the helmet. That's the helmet right there. <laughs> it's, it's got the jetpack on the side. That's crazy, too. That's awesome. But this is your Indiana Jones franchise, Disney. This is it. Like, it's sitting there. You have the rights for it. It's in your catalog, man. Yeah. Like, there's no reason you couldn't make a bazillion dollars off of this. This is really simple. You know what I mean? Yes. Adults and kids alone would love this. Kids would love this. Yeah, I mean, if you can make Ahsoka on 50 bucks and a ham sandwich or whatever they spent. Right. You can do this. Yeah, with no problem. And it's one of those things like if you're like, oh, kids nowadays wouldn't get into that. No, I, they would. It's simple. It's a guy in a jetpack. Like, yeah, who doesn't want to have a jetpack? You know what I mean? Yes. That is one of those things that like. If, if you're like, oh, well, kids are on phones. Or no, my kid, I have a, I have two kids. Both of them would put down any screen if I was like, here, kids, have a jetpack for sure. That's what I loved about the movie when I was a kid. I would literally like get done watching that movie and pretend I had a jetpack strapped in my back. Everybody would. It's so simple to, to cash in on this thing. And you're, this is your new Indiana Jones movie. I don't like I'm like, I don't know why you wouldn't fast track this immediately after Indiana Jones didn't happen and it's done. And you're like, oh, what do we do now? Here's your new franchise, Disney. It's right there. I mean, look, it's it would be cheap to make. You can do it with some fucking wires, right? Like, yeah, you could stylize it however you want. Yeah. 
you could make you're right like if you wanted to give it a little like cinematic prestige and give it to a director who's going to give it a little more you know again movie serial feel to it and do it with practicals and wires and just CG out the wires and everything you could do that it could be a lot of fun I mean the first one in 91 you know it's a lot of like matte special effects and everything honestly in a movie like this you could do the exact same thing all over again and just clean up the matting a little yeah and it would look beautiful like this you know again that costume look at that thing i know it's beautiful it's even for a character that isn't that popular and people who wouldn't know this character you look at that and you go that's iconic right there it's gorgeous to look at can i give you my other biggest critique of this go for it for a, a story that is about a man who accidentally changes the entire course of World War II, not much Nazi punching. That's true. You could have a more, little bit. and you could have more Nazi punching. You could. You I would all the Nazi punching you want. Yeah, I do like. I will say this, and and I understand what you're saying about Cliff Secret. The one thing I do like about this character is that he's not perfect, and he's not. So normally in in like something like this, you would have like the guy finds the jetpack and then the origin story is he gets the jetpack and he's like, you know what? I'm going to use this for the power of good. And all of a sudden he becomes this like beacon of light and hope and everything good. Right. And I'm like, nah, this guy is still flawed all the way through. And so I actually appreciate like this guy's just trying to make it to the end of the day. A lot of the time he's not perfect. And I understand what you're saying with he's really kind of a dog sometimes, but there's part of that that I kind of appreciate where I'm like, yeah, I kind of like that. He didn't just become like the best person in the world all of a sudden. I think I would just prefer it. I like a good flawed character. Sure. I don't know that I need that flaw to be chauvinistic. Uh, and like really like uh, objectifying of yeah. other human beings. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think you could tweak that to go from. Yeah, you could make him just sort of focused on his career and expect that his the woman in his life is going to stick around without actually feeling like he needs to do anything no, to keep her there. No, but what I was saying, I, I would tweak that. What I would do is tweak that from. And I think the movie kind of does this a little bit better, but the, tweak it from chauvinistic to insecure. Like Cliff Secord knows that he's not the smartest guy in the room every time he walks into the room. And he has a woman who is like that every man wants. And so he is constantly insecure about keeping her around and he wants to try and keep her as much as he can and is doing the best he can. But in this, I understand what you're saying in this. It reads off as like. Just kind of a dirt bag. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, tweak that a little bit. Even the insecurities, because that to me is like, even if you do it that way, that's kind of the villain origin, right? It's like he's insecure. So, I mean, that's the Eddie Brock or whatever, right? He's yeah insecure. So he treats people badly or the um, who's the bully? Not Eddie Brock. Flash Gordon. Fla- Flash Thompson. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, yes. Anyway, <laughs> I know what uh, you're saying. Yeah. 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 Because to me, I, I think it needs to be more about like having his priorities in the wrong place or something. It has to be something that can accidentally happen as opposed to like, well, I'm just insecure. So I'm going to fucking take it out on this person or whatever. it You know, like whatever right. that. Right. I'm afraid. So I'm going to hold on to this person as tight as I can. Those to me feel like villainous attributes like yes. if you're trying to make your villain feel 
relatable. Yeah, I think. But that's what I mean. I think if you tweak that, you can make it more. I'm not I'm not so much like I'm going to hold on to this person as tight as possible. And you, you know, give him more ideas of like, I'm going to try and do things to keep this person interested in me. And they all just like fall flat or they go, you know, they go wrong or something like that. Like, I'm going to try and do something nice for her. And then it it goes to shit because a Nazi shows up and he's got to punch that Nazi while in the midst of trying to like, you know, plan a date or so. You know what I mean? Like, that sounds very. That sounds like fun. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you could tweak that. So it's not so much chauvinistic and more insecure of like. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'm going to have to work really hard to like keep this woman interested in me. You know who would have been an amazing Cliff Secord? Chris Treble. You know who would have been the second best Cliff Secord? Andrew Dunn. You know who would have been the third best Cliff Secord? How long are we going to do this? I don't know. How long do you want to go for? <laughs> I wanted to stop two tries ago. Okay, great. Who? Nathan fucking Fillion. Of course he would have. I know. He would have been great. He could make him. You know what? He's a little young for it. Do you it, think you could make a sequel to. Were you going to say Peeve or whatever? That yes. guy's Do you think you can make a sequel to The Rocketeer where he passes it on? And he becomes like a Peevee almost? Yeah, yeah. Could be. There, I think there's been talk of. I don't know if they've been Because Nathan Fillion. I mean, you'd probably get the guy who played get the, the guy. Rocketeer. He's still right? around. Yeah, he whatever. He still his looks name is. great. Same as fucking he, Bill Bob Billy Roberts Campbell. or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he still looks pretty good. So. Is he related to Bruce Campbell? Yes. Because Bruce, is he actually? I have no idea. Okay, because Bruce Campbell would have been a good one, too. <laughs> he would have been a good one, too. Yeah. yeah. There was talk. I think we covered it on the show. There was talk of it being. Um, David Oyelowo. Oh. And he would be a Tuskegee Airman. Wow. I love that idea, don't you? I would watch the shit out of that. Right? That would be really good. Even if yeah. he is a womanizer. There you go. But he's a Tuskegee <laughs> Airman, so, you know, he fought for his country. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, Pros and cons. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, you could do, and here, okay, there's another way to do it, Disney. You could do it. Indiana Jones meets the Shaggy Dog style, where it's like the Rocketeer is a different person every day. The rocket gets passed. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So every, you know, uh, somehow, because Cliff is always constantly going back and forth between like, I'm done with this dumb rocket. Yeah. So you could have one with him. And then he's like, no, I'm done with this dumb rocket. I'm giving it back to the government. And it gets shipped right. off. And then they're, and then some... Guy in the Air Force finds it in like a fucking hangar somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, what's this? And then they do that. And it gets, you know, sent and then it gets lost over whatever. And, you know, it goes Captain America style, gets lost in an iceberg somewhere or something. Right. Somebody else finds it and they're like, what's this? And they, you know, you could do that as well. But yeah, I, I think this is, this is a, a franchise that is ripe for potential. I agree. Yeah. You ready for your reading assignment? I am. Oh, you answered that so quickly. That <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give you enough time to figure out what it is yet. <laughs> I picked one. I finished reading this uh, like 20 minutes before we got on. So I had plenty of time. <laughs> your assignment, should you choose to accept it, but you don't have a choice, is. Where did I write it down? <laughs> I'm glad you prepared it beforehand then. <laughs> I wrote it down. Yeah. Volume one, the first trade paperback of a story called Home. Oh, no, it's Home. <laughs> H-O-M-E? Home? H-O-M-O. No, H-O-M-E. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, it is. All right. I, I, there, it's by a. It's, it's, 
I don't know the I couldn't find anything that said like who wrote it, but the the <laughs> well, but the list of like the creators. Uh-huh. It's like five people, and I can't pronounce any of their names. Cool. Julio Anta is the first one. All right. But this was a person that I spoke to at Comic-Con last year. Oh. I haven't read this yet, but uh, I'm very interested to read it. I spoke with the guy. He only had single issues at the time, so I bought all of them. He signed all of them. And um, I'm very interested to read this. I figure we got to start doing this. Comic-Con's around the corner. I know. Uh, Oh, it is right here. Yeah, Julio Ante. Less than a month away. Can you fucking believe it? No. Mm, nice. Okay. Got it. Done. Uh, uh, Treble. All right. Well, then, is there anything else, sir? Ooh, what a question. Um, hmm. <laughs> um, hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Where can they find well, us? Well, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, SoundCloud.com, slash the Media Lunch Break. You know, I think I have punched more Nazis than Cliff Secord did in this comic. You can also no, find you us punched on- one Nazi many, many times. That's a different thing. <laughs> I've probably punched more than one Nazi. I'm from the South. You can also find us on Twixer, the home of Nazis, where our handle is at Media Lunchbreak. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook or on Instagram. We're at YouTube.com slash The Media Lunchbreak. I'm laughing because it's true. Yeah, we're on TikTok, where our handle is at The Media Lunchbreak. We have merch on Teespring. If you want to check that out, head over to our Twixer. I don't know if I like that yet, but uh, head over there. It's uh, the top tweet right at the tippy top. It's pinned. So uh, you click on our merch there and you can buy it there. We have some cool stuff to check out. It's very affordable, very high quality. If I do say so myself, we, I'm wearing we, we it also, right now. I'm so impressed. I wore my tank top yesterday. Yeah. You can also find us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the media lunch break. If you'd like to give us some money and in exchange for that, depending on the tier that you choose, you can look at a video of our beautiful faces and you can see what state Andrew's beard growing back is. That's right. You can get a little update every single week on yep. the the length of my beard. Are uh, you growing it back or are you going to keep it off? I, eh, maybe something like what I have now. Like the stubble? The... Yeah, I might keep this. Like a week, a week and a half, two weeks. Something is that like what that. that is? Yeah, this is a week and a couple days. Do you think you'll just shave it clean and then just let it grow back? No, and I just bought a new trimmer. My old trimmer broke. So just keep it just keep it at that all the time? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. What do you think? I don't know. I'm, I want to take mine off. Yeah. I want to get rid of mine. My kids won't I don't look me. good clean shaven, though. I, I don't know how I don't know how I look anymore. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I want to take it off. I'm like, what do I look like? But also, there? like, why do... See, I do the same thing. Why do we get the impulse to do this to remove our fucking all organic scarf right before winter. Fair point. I do it every year and every year I'm like, what the fuck did I do that for? Over the summer, I really wanted to do it and then I never got the balls to do it and then I finally, I I don't, and then by the time, you're right, by the time summer's over is when I finally get the balls to like actually pull the trigger. I know my problem is that uh, I do a lot of outdoor theater and everybody always wants me to have a long beard and there's no outdoor theater after like September. So like as soon as my last show is done, I'm like, finally I can cut this fucking thing off. But it's fucking 60 degrees. I just want to take it off so badly. And my kids are always like, don't do it. Take it off. Don't take do it, it off, baby. I know. I know. Sarah won't let me until at least after a birthday party. I was like, can I shave it? And she's like, not until after our birthday. Why? I don't know. She's, she also really likes it. That's why. Yeah. And she's like, if I, it's her 40th and it's going to be a big party. And she's like, I want you to look that way for I always my forget 40th you guys birthday. are older than me. 
Yeah, because we're young and vibrant and everything on you hurts. Because you're young and dumb and full, full of trailers. trailers. Uh, yeah. Uh, somebody just said, it's funny, you're going to think this is funny. Somebody asked me. Someone was like. Sorry, that was aggressive. Go no. on. Uh, somebody was like, a friend of mine was like, what, what are you talking about my age for? Blah, blah, blah. Because we were going back and forth. And he was like, you're, you're not that much older than me. You're only 39. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> I am definitely, most certainly not 39 years old. Not yet. I'm a wee baby. Where the fuck did I leave off? You can also find us. Oh, yeah. If you want to see that uh, panel from the Rocketeer, that is a table that that is drawn to look like the Rocketeer's helmet. You could probably Google it, but if you, but you can also the same thing. <laughs> give us money. But where's the fun in that? Yeah. And then you get to see the whole video unedited of the podcast episode and you can see that panel. Uh, you can also send us an email if you have any questions or want to send us a reading assignment, which Chris will talk about in a little bit at the media lunch. Uh, www. No, at the media lunch break. At gmail.com. Do you smell burning toast? You can also visit our <laughs> website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Give us a rating and a reviewing on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube. Special thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. For um, punching Nazis. I've yeah, seen her do it. Every day and every night, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Andrew said, you can leave a rating and a review, and you can leave a write an app, and it helps people find us. And this week, if you leave a rating, you can leave whatever sort of review you want in that box. So this week, I'll tell you what, if you leave a five-star r- rating, why don't in the review box you tell us how many Nazis you've punched today? Okay? And the answer should be above ten. Yeah. It's gotta be yeah, triple baby. digits. Those are rookie yeah. numbers, baby. Fucking amateur. <laughs> this, we've been talking about Ahsoka and the Rocketeer, all right? But here's the thing. If you're out there and you are like, hey, listen, I got a reading assignment for you. Send it over to us. If, uh, here's the thing. Next week is going to be the best damn day of the week. It's going to be a Tuesday news day. Tuesday news day. And then after that... Oh, you know what I think is at... Wait, let me see if this time's out right. But I think... Ah, fuck! We're one week off of the creator. Okay, Hang on a second. Go ahead. Hang on a second. You got something? You got something we can watch? I'm trying to open my calendar, but it's not working. Okay. <laughs> Why isn't it working? No burning toast? We could do a um, get ready for Comic-Con episode. Oh, like panels and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, actually, that's a good idea, because we usually do that the week before. Yeah, it's the last episode before. Let's do that. Okay, so let's do, we'll do a little, like, get yourself, get your ass ready for Comic-Con. Yeah. Panels, and what are we, what do you want to see? it'll go live on the 3rd, and Comic-Con's yeah, on the 12th. you're so right. Next week. No, Comic-Con is that week. It goes live on the 3rd, and then Comic-Con is two days later. That is incorrect. What? When is Comic-Con? The 12th. It is? Yeah. It's usually the 5th, 6th, and 7th. It is. Uh, I don't know why it's different. Oh, shit. Are you for real? Fuck, it is. <gasps> Fuck. I mean, it's not a big deal. I haven't... Wait, I don't think they've given me any... Okay. I just gave my uh, availability for work, and... And you didn't I even think them... to check. <laughs> well, usually it is. I'm, I'm so used to uh, it being like that first weekend. Wow. Okay. That's uh, fine. They haven't actually given me any thing yet so I can I can email it back and be like wait stop the presses so we'll do get yourself ready for comic con and then we'll do the creator after that maybe yeah we'll see how we feel all right cool 
cool, 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 cool. So here's the thing, though. In the meantime, if you're like, I'm ready for Comic-Con, all right? I know what's up. I don't need you to tell me. You should talk about this thing instead. Send it over. If you're a creator, you made, a, you wrote a comic, you, uh, you know, filmed a pilot, a short film, a long film. Do you see how I just stopped dead in the <laughs> thought right there? My brain literally just shut yeah. down. You smell burning toast? For like, just powered down for like two solid seconds and then rebooted itself. Um, send it over to us. If you're like, hey, I made something. I want some eyes. I want some ears on it. Oh my God, I'm really struggling on this end here. Wow, I don't know what's going on. Uh, send it over to us. You know what I'm saying. I say it every week. If you don't know what I'm saying, just listen to the next episode. I'll say it again, all right? You'll figure it out. If you made something, send it to us. We'll talk about it. Uh, next week, we're going to do the Tuesday News Day following by, followed by... Get ready for Comic-Con. Oh my gosh, we got to bail out of this because I'm just crumbling. Crumbling like I've never crumbled before on this. That's it. I'm done. We're out of here. We're out. That's that's all I got. Okay. Are you okay? I don't know. You, I thought this was your episode to have some sort of a breakdown. And now I'm just at the end of it. I guess it's my turn. Oh, you honey, we share every episode. To me. Okay. You took your breakdown and you just passed it through to me. Yeah. Jesus. No takes backsies. Oh, man. I'm tired now. Really exhausted now. I hit my wall. Did you do all your things? I wasn't paying attention. I think I did. Yeah, we did. That was quick. Was it? It felt like an eternity. (laughs) It felt like a real eternity there. Okay, well, goodbye. (laughs) Great. When do you want to watch the Taylor Swift Eras tour? Oh, opening night. (laughs) When does that come out? October 13th. October 13th. Because that's her lucky number. Is that true? Yeah. Are you a Swifty? Uh, no, I heard this. I heard this other thing because they talked about how it's her lucky number. That's why they a made it. A likely story. That's why they made it that. It's on Friday the 13th of October. Can we tell Hollywood to get their fucking premiere schedule on track? The problem is fucking Taylor Swift blew the premiere schedule for everything. I blow Taylor Swift. As if... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> buddy, she wouldn't have you. I, what? What? What are you trying to say? Look at the people that is that have blown Taylor Swift in the past. Okay, who has uh, her list of ex boyfriends? Uh, let's see. It's I, I'm I bet you there's a website dedicated to this. I know Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> is on that list. How big do you think her dick is? Oh, it's massive. <laughs> I it's hope fucking so. Out of control. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that she's from like the town next to my hometown, Pennsylvania, Tucky? What's the yes. what town are you from? Yes. So she's 100%. from New Jersey because your hometown is Pennsylvania. No, she's from another part of Pennsylvania. She's like, I'm not kidding. Her hometown where she was born is like 15 minutes away from where I was born. And I always forget this fact because I look at her and I'm like, there's no way on God's green earth that someone that famous came from where I grew up. No, no fucking way. Yeah. There's no way on in, in hell. And it's true. But it's true. Absolutely. So you could have been Taylor Swift. I could have blown Taylor Swift. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's that's probably good.